Whew, we're getting closer and closer. Dallas Mavericks versus Los Angeles Clippers. Are you feeling it with me, Isaac Harris? Oh, I'm feeling it. I'm I'm ready. Game one, I called it on yesterday's pod. Game one is going to the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, holding on to it. Two days. He had time to sleep on it. Still calling it. Dallas Mavericks, game one. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The game one, Colin Crooner, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I really do think they're going to win. It's not just a, a, a fun thing. I, I really do think they take game one. I've been saying this all week. I believe it. I think they've been ready for this. I think they're going to be hyped up for it. And I think their effort and energy and everything, yeah, I think they're going to want to set a, set a tone for the series. Okay. We're feeling it. We're feeling game one. I'll go with you, I guess. <laughs> I'm coming down. If they lose, I'm coming down with you anyway. It's going to be locked on Mavs, hose calls game one. They believe. Uh, all right. Today's episode, we are going to break out some predictions. We'll talk a little bit about practice, the Dallas Mavericks practice again. Carlisle had a great quote about pressure. We discussed Ty Lue's comments about pressure in the pod on Monday, I believe. And then we'll get into uh, Chris Osborzingis had another comment about playing the four. He's sort of come around to something. He's sort of accepted now where he fits <laughs> in the Mavs offense. And so we're going to talk about that. Break it all down. We'll get into that. And then we'll get into a couple predictions. And then at the end of the pod, I am joined by positive Chuck Mockler, Charles Mockler from the Locked On Clippers podcast to discuss everything Clippers. So if you don't don't know a lot about this team, hear from a guy that knows a ton about this team. And that's Charles Mockler, who's been covering the Clippers for Locked On Clippers all season and is a diehard Clippers fan. And so he'll tell you everything you need to know. You uh, found so one? I found a Clippers fan. And not only a Clippers wow. fan, one that does a podcast on this network. Which is very rare. There's only two of those in existence. So. I know there's media. I know that media covers the Clippers. So in our locked on <laughs> Clippers is great, but I didn't know they're actually fans who. He was a fan it. first, actually. That's Grew wild. into his role. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Isaac, do you win because you're happy or are you happy because you win? After the Mavericks win game one, they will be happy because they win. All right. Let's get into this. So we talked a couple days ago about how Ty Lue was asked the question about pressure for the LA Clippers. He was asked, is there pressure for this team? And his answer really shocked me because he seemed annoyed by the question. He seemed annoyed that he was asked about it again. Now, to his credit, Carlisle is also annoyed that he was asked about pressure again today, but he answered it in a different way. But Ty Lue said, no, there's no pressure on us. We're going in there. We're going to play our game, all that kind of stuff. Everything that a top seed would say, like a number one seed, a, a team that went in and has all the confidence in the world that they are better than the other team. That's the, that's what came off, to me at least, what Ty Lue said about pressure for the Clippers. He was also asked about Paul George and if there was pressure for him. And he said, no, well, which is complete garbage. There's tons of yeah. pressure on Paul George. He has to play better because – Remember last year when pandemic P and playoff P and all that, like that would trend every time he touched the court, every time he touched yeah. the court. And so, and it followed him all throughout the regular season. Playoff P pandemic P would trend every single time on Twitter when he was playing. 
And that has followed him. This I feel like Ty, Ty Lu saying what he said shows us that like Paul George knows, like it's like heavy on Paul George right now because yeah. I think I feel like to, there's a, want to pile more on him. Yeah, I feel like there's a there's a healthy way and supportive way to be like, yeah, we have pressure. It's yes, part of right. it. Paul George <laughs> is a superstar. He knows he didn't play well last year and he wants to prove it wrong this year. Like I I just feel like that's a simple like lean into it type thing. But you know what? You do you. But coaches know that what they say to the media gets back to players. And right. they know that it can be a motivator or it can be a cause of tension or drama, especially internally. And players may not bring up things like, hey, why did you say that to the media? Why would a player do that? Right. Like these are sometimes young guys that don't like confrontation. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some of that stuff can just stick in your head. And so Carlisle today was asked the question, is there pressure for this Mavericks team going into the playoffs, playing the Clippers again and all that? And I thought his answer was pretty interesting. Here it is. You know, when you're part of the organization like the Dallas Mavericks and there's a game scheduled there's pressure to win that game and when you come and work for this organization you work for Mark Cuban you got to be somebody that loves pressure (laughs) and I keep getting questions about you know is there pressure to advance hell yeah there's pressure to advance and that's what that's what this is all about but you've got to love pressure and you got to you got to find ways to make pressure your friend and this is a difficult series. It's a tough series. Um, but we're a championship organization and we're just, we're not just looking to advance one round of the playoffs. I mean, ultimately our goal is always to win a championship. And so, you know, we preach championship habits um, and in our, in our prep, you know, we're getting ready for a team that is a great basketball team in the Clippers with two major superstars and, and a, and a very well-constructed group of role players and we're going to have to be on point. We're going to have to be right. Um, and it's a great challenge, but we're looking forward to it, man. I thought that was an interesting answer from Rick Carlisle because morale was high after practice today, I think. Dwight Powell came in. He was joking around with, you know, Mavs PR, and then Christoph Porzingis came in. He was making jokes, and he answered a question, and he goes, man, that was a good answer by me, and he did a little fist pump. He was, like, messing with his biceps and stuff on the camera. Like, it seems like morale is high, uh, and I think that that's on purpose. I think Carlisle came in, and he wanted morale. He wanted to boost him up and get this team pumped up for this game one and get them pumped up for this series, especially playing this team again. I think this answer by Carlisle was planned, and I think it was on purpose to give this team confidence and also say, yes, this is real. There is pressure for this team. We're, you're expected to win these games, and we're expected to go in and compete at the highest level. Yeah, I I think it's more honest and authentic more than like a planted like type of hey scripted out answer. Well, I just think he planned it, but it's real. I, yeah. I agree, it's real. I didn't, I'm not saying it's contrived. Yeah, I just think it. I just think it's just blunt honesty, and I love it. Like I think you could take his answer. I mean, yeah, he said the championship, you know, part of the organization, part of the history of it. But I think his answer should be every coach's answer. Like, yeah, yeah, right. these are expectations. Of course, there's pressure. We like that. That's part of it. And I, I loved, I love Carlisle's answer to that, and even tying in. We are a championship organization. Mark Cuban does have those expectations. We go for great here in Dallas. And it's kind of like a, a it was kind of a little sales pitch too of like, this is, this is our expectation every year. <laughs> hey, like Kawhi. we've done it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we've won a title before. We've done that. This is our expectation. This is who we are. We want to do this. 
So uh, I, I thought it was a great, great answer. I thought it was absolutely great as well. I took it as, you know, he wanted to get him pumped up and he, he planned it on purpose because he wanted to get it to get back to players. Like, Hey, this is what we're all about. This is what we're there for. And I think that they pumped up players during practice today as well to get them ex- excited for this. The Mavericks always rise their competition this season. I've been doing a lot of these uh, previews. You'll hear the one with, with you know, the Clippers at the end of this pod, but I've been doing a lot of these previews with hosts and so many hosts, countless hosts, the Heat, the Bucks, the Hawks, a lot of teams have said, we play to the competition. And it seems like the Mavericks absolutely do that this season. And they've had some really big wins and wins against this two wins against this Clippers team. They believe they can beat them. And you know who else, you know, who doesn't believe that they can beat them? <laughs> a lot of people, Tyler. a lot of people. ESPN did a poll and it was 14 to one. Only one person picked the Mavericks to win. The Mavericks are playing with house money here. They're the nobody believes in us Mavericks, basically. Nobody believes in them to win. They're going to go in and they're going to play their game. And if they get hot from three, man, this could be a long series for the Clippers. And you know what? According to Bet Online AG, <laughs> the Clippers are minus 400 to win this series. Right, right. The book, the that's, books that's have a, them favored. That, that's by huge. A lot. They they have them favored in game one. The you know everybody's picking them. All that. It's the, I haven't heard one single person on TV or podcast or anything, pick the Mavericks to win in an upset. No, me neither. Not even us. Not yet. But maybe <laughs> wait, coming wait, soon. Wait till the second segment. Coming up, we'll do some predictions. We'll talk also about Kristaps Porzingis. Is a comment about playing the four. We wanted to get into that because I thought that was pretty interesting. But before we do, rockauto.com is the place to get some uh, parts for your car or truck. Coke in there. I almost said places to put down money. It's a family business serving auto parts online to customers for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need and a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Rockauto.com has a catalog that's remarkably easy to navigate. It's the same uh, for everybody. You go on there, you find the make, the model, the year of your car, you can find every single part that's going to fit exactly to your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this answer from Christoph Porzingis. He was asked about playing the four. Now, this has been a thing with, with Porzingis recently. He's been very particular this season about where he gets his shots, when he plays his minutes, all that kind of stuff, where he plays. He's been very vocal about wanting to play the five in the Mavericks offense because he wants the option to be the roller or the you know pick and pop kind of guy. And so they've been playing him next to Maxi, and Maxi is the, you know the, is, plays the four. And in the playoffs last year, they played Dorian at the four, and, and Porzingis played the five. And so they've been playing that, but but last year they played a lot with Dwight Powell as the five on offense and Porzingis playing. They started about 30 games together last season. And so he's been very vocal about wanting to play the five, and now it's kind of turning back around. They've been starting Dwight Powell again like they did last year. He's been playing the five, and Porzingis is playing the four. And this answer today was about him playing the four, and I thought it was very interesting. He even admits that he kind of changed his, his tone about this. Yeah, we – I'm kind of actually – I realized now with the practices now that, you know, Dwight, uh, me and Dwight were playing a lot, him at the five, I'm at the four. I'm used to, I'm more used to playing both positions now, just being on the perimeter from the beginning of the offense or being the trailer. And, uh, and, and no matter what situation you put me in, I kind of found, you know, little things that I can do and how I can, I can be involved. And, and, um, 
and some new plays that we have. So um, I feel like <clears throat> no matter how, <coughs> excuse me, no matter how we're gonna we're gonna match up or how we're gonna play, I'm I'm gonna try to find ways how I can be productive uh, within our offense and 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 make the game easier for Luca and, and for the rest of the guys. I found that very interesting that he said, I've come around after a couple of practices. What did you take from that specific comment? Well, it just shows he's a little bit more open to it now. I mean, early in the season, even after, you know, right after games, sometimes he's been asked about it. And he's been very, very clear that I like playing the five, more comfortable playing the five. And this just it was a different change of tone for him. And so it seems like it's it's making sense. He probably still has a preference. But at least he's. It sounds like he's more open to it. And he's like, "Hey, I'm, I'm more comfortable playing both positions now." Because it, this isn't saying that he's never going to play the five. It's just there. There are probably going to be times where he plays the five. But it, this allows them the flexibility based on some some matchups to put another big next to him or play him at the five. And it seems like he's more open to that now. Yeah, I found that kind of. I find it really interesting that he came around to it, and he said, especially after a couple of practices, he got some time. And we haven't had a lot of practices for the, the Mavericks, yeah. right? We haven't seen a lot of those. He didn't have an off season. He kind of just jumped in. You know, he had, he had a you know preseason last year, I guess, but that was just that's so long ago at this point. I mean, it's just so incredibly long ago that now he's had this time to implement some plays that he says, oh, I can see the benefit in this of me playing the four, Dwight playing the five, or Willie playing the five, or whoever decides to. And so I thought that was very positive. I thought it was a very positive thing. And it's true. He's, he's, he is, I think he's better at, at the four than the five, especially because he's not an elite roller like the Mavericks need at that spot. Like, you know, like Dwight is, like Willie Collison can be. They need that type of guy. And then Porzingis is spacing to help. Uh, and then they're probably going to need, you know, a couple of bigs here to, you know, help protect the rim, to help against Zoo, to, you know, a lot of different things like that. It's not like they're playing the Nuggets, but uh, they're probably going to need another big man like that on rebounds and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and I, I could still see him closing games at the five. So much yeah, is about the yeah. closing lineups, but it's just a matter of throughout the game. For three and a half quarters, what is he comfortable playing with? Can you maximize his strengths when he's playing alongside another big? Well, can you maximize his happiness You know, as, if he's playing <laughs> with other bigs and you're sticking him in the corner? Is it do you going play the to four a- because you're happy, or do you play, <laughs> are you happy because you play the four? <laughs> it's incredible. It's like, no. Uh, but no, it's, it's just that there's just a different of the, and I know some people we've talked about this before. Some people might look at this and be like, what is the big deal about the positions? It doesn't matter in the NBA. It's just about in some offenses, it does make a difference. And yeah. for Rick Carlisle, he does have defined roles. We've talked about how in players lockers, they have these pieces of paper yeah. and it has like, well, there are three things that define who they, they have Leader. defined roles in, in this offense and energy guy. Yeah. So it does matter. Roller. Yeah shooter yeah all kinds of stuff is written on there i used to keep a running list of them when i was in the locker room above all the stuff those are and i probably still have it of what josh mcroberts's thing said on it at the at the top of uh, their triangle it's like a triangle thing at the top of they normally have like one word and i remember dorian's always was was pitbull that was was his word (laughs) dale oh sorry Wrong, wrong pitbull all right let's get into some predictions Let's talk about these. So full disclosure, we're recording this before Lakers Warriors. So not hundred percent sure. We're assuming that the Lakers are going to play the Suns. You are rolling your eyes, but Hey, anything can happen. It's the playoffs, man. No, I mean, I hope, I mean, gosh, I would love it. And 
but I I just think the Lakers are going to win big against Golden State. Yeah. So all right, let's get into some predictions. Uh, go ahead, start off the bat. This is this is a segment you wanted to do, so let's hear some predictions yeah. from you. Well, I think yeah, I think Utah will play uh, you know Golden State or Memphis. I mean, I honestly I could see Memphis beating Golden State in a game. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion, but I think Utah you know beats them. They're they're a good veteran team. Uh, Denver, Portland. I honestly think Portland wins that. I think at this point, the last time I checked BetOnline.ag because that's the place you want to be. Uh, they had <laughs> Portland uh, actually as a favorite now. Um, the last in the time series. I checked. Yeah, yeah, in the series. Well, we'll check and that then, in a minute here. You know, Phoenix. I think they'll play the Lakers. And sorry, Phoenix. <laughs> I think Lakers win that. Man, this Phoenix season, they're on pace to win 60 games in an 82-game season this year. Like, they would have got real close to that. An incredible season, and they could lose in the first round very easily. Like, they're probably expected to lose in the first round. What a what a awful, like, break for them. I know. I, I, I hate it for them, but... Would, would you have picked anybody else against Phoenix in round one? Mavs, Blazers, uh... Not the Blazers. Warriors, no. Grizzlies. Not the Warriors, not the Grizzlies, no. You would have picked Mavs and that's it, not Blazers. I, I would have thought about it, yeah. I mean, Phoenix is a good team, but they're not a team that I'm sitting there saying, oh, you're a juggernaut. What Sorry. about if they played against the Jazz? I don't know. That That's the tough one. I think I I think I think lean Phoenix, but... Nuggets? Would you pick Nuggets against the Suns? Healthy? No, the way that they are. Let's say they, no, they play I'd this year. Sun, they play Suns the for round. sure. Suns for sure. And then Clippers. I'd pick the Clippers over them. Interesting. Suns are in such a weird spot, right? Like you'd pick certain teams and it all, it is about matchups in, in the playoffs. So, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, in, in the West, I mean, let's just talk Clippers Dallas. We only have a few minutes, so we probably won't even get to talk about the East, but Clips Dallas, this is the last time you'll hear from me, um, before, they they tip off on Saturday. We'll have a couple more locked on maps, uh, but I'm visiting some family. So for me, it's Dallas and six. That's what I, I, I'm going with. Um, I really have thought about it a lot, uh, mainly because you know I I I'm not the person either that's going to sit on the pod and be like, oh, the finals every year they're going to win the title. Uh, I want that obviously. But I do try to be realistic about it, too. But I honestly do think that they win this series. And I'm not trying to set the expectation up there of, like, I'm going to be pissed if they don't because it totally makes sense uh, for the Clippers to beat them. They're not supposed to. The Mavs aren't supposed to win this. They're not supposed to. But I just think I think Rick Carlisle will outcoach Ty Lue. I think Luka will be at MVP level. And I think KP will stay healthy enough to play through the series. And I think more than anything, their effort and their energy, I think that will be the thing that will disappoint me the most. If they go into the series and if they fight like heck and they still lose, I'm like, okay, you showed heart. But if, if they just like roll over and you see chemistry stuff, they're just not trying and they're getting beat. That's that I'll be very disappointed in that, but I don't think that happens. I think Dallas wins the series in six. Luca has an unreal series, and yeah, and they, they go on to play Utah in the second round. Clippers two years in a row getting ousted early, like yeah. Ooh, but, and that. the crazy thing about that is, if they beat the Clippers, then they can beat anybody, right? I mean, yeah. maybe outside the Lakers, but if they beat the Clippers, then that path is there. If you're going against Utah, now I have more hesitations about. I actually have more hesitation about them beating Utah than I do the Clippers, and that that's really it's weird because I would pick the Clippers over Utah. 
if they faced off in a series, it probably doesn't make sense to some people. But but yeah, I I, th- I just think Utah is such a well-oiled machine and coming out of a, a very emotional series, if Dallas wins that series against the Clippers, I could see the Jazz steamrolling whoever they play in the first round just waiting on Dallas and it being a much, much harder series for them than the Clippers. But yeah, and I, I think the Lakers are in the Western Conference Finals. If the Lakers are fully healthy, which you never know about LeBron because you don't know if he's ever Lakers fully going to be healthy again. Um, Lakers and the Western Conference Finals is what some of you think is my nightmare, but it's actually my dream. That's what it is. Love that. Real, either, real quick, who's your, pick to, who's your pick to come out of the East? Come out of the East, man. It's so boring to say Brooklyn, but it just feels like they're the, the team waiting to happen. And it's it's different than the Clippers last year where they have just the firepower to overcome all of, like, all of their, you know, like – chemistry concerns based on the amount of games they've played together they can just overcome that with one-on-one offense right? yeah. like i think it's just going to be brooklyn because i don't i don't think the sixers are are there yet i don't know if they're playoff tested enough to get there we've seen them go to the didn't they go to the eastern conference finals or they were in a was it the second round that raptors Sixers series where Kawhi hit that shot i think it was second round so yeah we haven't even seen them get to the eastern conference finals and i don't know i'm i'm concerned about everybody else Bucks, they could get beat by the Heat in the first round, right? Like, you know, that could I don't totally, think they will. It could totally happen, though. It happened last year, so uh, yeah, I just don't see anybody beating them. Yeah, I actually think the Bucks will steamroll Miami. I think they beat them in like five, and because I, I think it's going to be a popular upset pick again. But I, I go back and forth: Bucks, Philly, Brooklyn. You could ask me every other day, like what you know, talent or the defense that Philly has, or the chemistry and just is this Milwaukee's year, but I just, I can't bet against Kevin Durant and a talent that just of those three, I just can't. And I know. so it's if boring, they're in the same, if they're in the same conference as like the Lakers, you know, I just, you know, that'd be different, but I just can't bet against those three. And yeah. So I, I think it's, it's Brooklyn coming out of the East as boring as that is. Sixers is the second one because they have the easiest path, right? They're gonna play probably Washington or or the Pacers, and then Knicks or Hawks. Like, there's no like if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, they oh. just fire everyone, right? Like, yeah, they <laughs> split dock, up Joel Embiid and Ben again. Simmons and <laughs> do do everything. The process is back. Like, <laughs> oh man. Any other predictions for Mavs Clippers? Mavs and six is the official pick of Locked On Mavs. I'm 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 locking it in right there. Let's do it. No, I'm, yeah, I mean, I think Luca has a monster series. I think we're going to have one game <clears throat> that Tim Hardaway wins a game for him. I think we're going to have like a 30, 32 oh, point game from, from Tim Hardaway. He's going to hit like seven threes and he's going to be the difference maker. Luca's going to have like a, a 21, you know, 21, 14, 12 triple double. But it's going to be Tim Hardaway that scores like 32 and they're going to take like game three or whatever it is. I, I think they're going to and they're, I honestly think they're going to need one of those games, too, with a consistent Luka thing. I think KP's going to be there, but I'm excited, man. I, I'm so excited for this series and should be good. Yeah, right, let's go. Let's do it. 
Couple of things before we move on and then hear from Charles Mockler of Locked On Clippers. Uh, Dirk was on Bill Simmons' podcast, and Tim Hardaway Jr. was on Old Man in the Three, JJ Reddick's podcast. So lots of Mavs-related podcasts happening right now. We'll break those down over the weekend before the game. So we'll get to those podcasts and talk about uh, – I haven't listened to the Dirk one yet, but there's really interesting stuff from Tim Hardaway and JJ Reddick about how JJ actually helped Tim Hardaway get out of that slump recently. So – We'll get into that over the weekend. Uh, coming up, we'll hear from Charles Mockler from the Lockdown Clippers podcast. But before we do, we've been talking about it. We've been getting into it. BetOnline.ag. It's the place to put down some money on sports. Use the promo code Lockdown. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Here we have some lines for you for the series. So uh, the Blazers are now a favorite, like you said, over the Nuggets. Minus 125. The Nuggets are plus 105. The Mavericks. Ooh, oh, look, look at those. Uh, look at those Brooklyn. That's minus twelve fifty to win, and the Celtics are a plus seven seventy five. That's a crazy line right there. Mavericks and Clippers. The the Clippers were a, a minus four hundred favorite. Now they're minus yeah. three seventy. So that's coming oh. down a little bit. They're, they're feeling somebody like, watching this pod live right now. They're feeling the Mavericks a little bit on that one. So. Uh, and then Bucks are a minus two ninety favorite. Like you see the difference between this one and this yeah. one, they 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 feel like this one's a little bit closer that the Heat could win this one. And then the Hawks are a minus one twenty favorite over the Knicks. In that, I think that's a is that a game or a series? A series. So there you go. There's a whole bunch of different things you can put money down. Go do it, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back and uh, stick around. Hear from Lockdown Clippers. Hear from them. Uh, <laughs> But before we do, we got to talk about Built Bar. <laughs> Professional podcaster, me. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I teased the rest of the pod in the middle of an ad. That's how that's how pro I am at this at this point. Um, Built Bars are absolutely incredible. I ate a birthday cake Built Bar today. It was great. It helped tide me over from breakfast to dinner or to lunch. And they're absolutely great for you. Go get them. Co- Couple of bars, for example, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. They're really good. They're good for you. They taste delicious. Every single person on this network loves them. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 again for 15% off your next order with builtbar.com. Nick Angstead from Lockdown NBA here with the positive Chuck Mockler, Charles Mockler <laughs> from the Lockdown Clippers podcast. One half of the Clipper bros. And uh, we're going to break down the Los Angeles Clippers going back into the playoffs with a vengeance this year after last season. Let's start with this team. Looks a little different than last season. What are some Mm -hmm. of the big changes and who's going to be in this playoff rotation? So, I mean, the biggest changes have been, I mean, you know, Nick Batum has been a a godsend from the veteran, you know, (laughs) from the minimum contract gods. He's been fantastic. I think the biggest guy outside of kind of, YMPG that you're going to see need to have a big impact. It's going to be Marcus Morris. Um, he's shooting, I think, something like 44% from three this year. He plays, he defends well. They had him on AD um, the last time we played the Lakers, and he was effective. So if he can put together consistent performances on both ends, he's going to, I, I don't know if surprise a lot of people is the right word, um, but he'll show why he's worth the contract that some people think is a little too much. Um, <laughs> and then Reggie Jackson, too. We don't really know. Pat Bev is going to be the starter. Ty Lue has talked about how Rondo is going to be coming off the bench kind of no matter what. So it leaves this weird rotation for who's going to be the third guard. Um, and if we're going to use a third guard. And Reggie Jackson has, was effectively the starting point guard um, for this Clippers team while Pat Bev was out. 
Um, right now, they're going to arrest all of us. Nick Batum. Um, <laughs> they're bringing the Batum Battalion home. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> but and you know, and again with Patrick Beverly, you don't know what his health is going to be like, right? Mm, like that's that's yeah. just a knock. I mean, we don't know if he's going to make the whole playoffs. And then of course, Nick Batum um, is going to have to be big. Every basically every role player's outside shooting is going to have to be somewhere close to where it was this regular season, which was a historic regular season, but. You know, sometimes those things come back down to earth in the playoffs. Uh, we have to talk real quick. The fan favorite of this team. You, you guys started the Batum Battalion. Right? Like how, <laughs> yeah. did, how did that come about? It came about because my co-host, William Updike, had an ir- irrational confidence in the fact that Nick Batum was going to be good. <laughs> it wasn't really based on anything. Before the season? Uh, yes. When we signed him, I because I, I don't I don't know a lot of people who are like, he's going to be great. He's going to be starting for the, yeah. at the time, best half-court offense in the league. No one thought that except maybe Nick Batum and his fantastic wife, Lily. Um, <laughs> but the Batum Battalion, uh, Joseph Fry Ward, I think, came up with the name. We were on the Clipset podcast. And then he just went on a, a streak of elite play. Um, he's been getting a bunch of blocked shots. He's just been huge. But, no, the Batum Battalion will be waving uh, waving the flag for this this playoffs for sure. We It's so funny because now, you know, Batum's on this vet man. He's played so well this season. Like we don't know if we can afford him next yeah, year. Yeah, right. Based on what teams are going to give him, he's had an insane turnaround. But we just hope he can ride it out with us. He talked about today how he came to the Clippers because he wanted to play playoff basketball. Because it's been, I mean, a, a while since he's been in the playoffs. So it's I'm excited to see what he can do, and I hope he's going to block somebody and on a fast break and. Twitter's going to shut down for the Clippers. It's going to be that great. player does not play for the Mavericks. All right. No, uh, <laughs> it's the team's biggest strength. You talked a little bit about the three point shooting. That really seems like, you know, this team's calling card at this point. And then uh, you can talk a little bit about their, their weaknesses, what do they struggle with? Yeah. So the three point shooting, just literally the shots have been fantastic. It's been a, you know, I think we had like four or five guys over 40%. But what's so nice is that it looks different this year. The amount of wide open threes that are being generated off of what Ty Lue has been able to get guys to buy into and, you know, just be able to facilitate for each other and just kind of believe in it has been great. Um, Lineup versatility when the whole team is healthy, which as of this recording, they are, um, we can go smaller, big. I really don't think we've seen through injury and through Ty Lue being our head coach and being the way he is in the regular season, we haven't seen the full small ball kind of lineups unleashed yet. We saw it a little bit against the jazz for one game and it worked really well when Gobert was on the floor. So everyone got really excited about that, but there's going to be some surprises, I think. Um, And we're just, we're packed full of wing defenders, right? Like we don't have maybe the most elite point of attack defense from our guards, um, but on the wings and down low with surge and zoo. And then you got, just an array. You got Mook, you got Batum, you got obviously Kawhi and Paul George. Like it's going to be, you know, as against Luca, especially Ty Lue talked about it. We're going to throw different looks and we got a lot of different looks we can throw. Um, but this kind of bleeds into kind of our weakness is continuity. Again, this two years in a row now. Reggie Jackson talked about in the press conference today about how this season it felt like there was so much more continuity than last season. And I was like, really? (laughs) That's horrible. Um, But, you know, Serge was out for effectively half the season. Um, Reggie, the point guard roles are very mixed up now. Like, we don't really know what Pat Bev's minutes are going to look like. Um, And, you know, if jump shooting teams, if the shooting goes cold, that doesn't look good. Like, from from a fan perspective, you're wondering why they're taking these bad shots when it's really just shots they've made all year um and then center depth right like 
Paul uh, Serge Ibaka seems like he's very healthy, which is awesome. He's going to be coming off the bench, which is really great. But you know, let's just hope that can stay intact. And then there's one that's a little more uh, intangible. There's just history. Um, <laughs> there's there's just history <laughs> the, 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 and the, the Clippers, Clippers curse. Yeah, and come it's on. Just, you can't not think about it. I yeah. know that like it's maybe people don't believe in it, but you you can't watch this team if you've been a fan of it for a long time and think we definitely got this because there's a little part of you that just we got <laughs> we got a big mountain to overcome which is just getting out of the second round so we'll we'll see if we can get that done man interesting uh let's talk about the win profile of this team so what are some of the, <laughs> the biggest wins and then uh if you want to talk about that big loss <laughs> <laughs> earlier in the season <laughs> let's get uh, the loss out of the way okay. so the, the Mavs lost so that's what's so funny about these playoffs right is that the data between these two teams if you look at regular Wild. season matchups it makes no sense. And like, it doesn't, it doesn't you, really matter either because there's no – like so many players are out. Exactly. So it's wonky. I mean, that it was literally the worst loss in franchise history. And it's like <laughs> Clippers lost to, Clippers, Clippers lost by 51 points to the Mavericks yeah. back in like December. It was – And it was like, well, okay, this, uh, this sucks. Um, <laughs> that was a tough one. Uh, there was a loss to the Magic that really freaked people out on Clippers Twitter. Like they were like, we're not going to win anything. And then I think we won like 10 out of 13 or something like that after that. So that was some ugliness. And there's been, there's been a lot of good wins this year. Um, Reggie Jackson won us a game versus the Pistons in his return. Uh, We beat the heat pretty much at full strength and we didn't have Kawhi and Paul George, which was awesome. Um, We saw a game. I can't remember who it was against, but it was kind of a turning point. I think it might've been the Hawks where Ty Lue just benched the whole five. Um, He just benched the whole five. He was like, this is not, working you guys aren't doing anything i want you to do we came back and won that game and from that point on it really kind of set this these you know couple wins in motion that was like okay this team is reacting a lot better to these situations than last year's team because last Mm -hmm. year's team i swear the closer we got to the playoffs i was guilty of it a lot of clippers fans are guilty of it of (laughs) it's only december right like it's only january who cares that that vibe was not there with this team this year we had we kind of had like a 2018 2019 style performance but with a much actually contending team, right? Instead of like a plucky underdog or something like that. So there's a handful of wins this year that showed that, A, the role players can get it done. The win against the Jazz with a small ball lineup I like because we were fully healthy and it kind of felt like we were showing what we could do because, I mean, I've been tired of we're going to flip the switch and that's kind of been the philosophy these past couple seasons. But it seems like we've more so slowly turned the dial i don't know what the opposite version of flip the switch is but we're really yeah, getting ready in a real way is <laughs> it, it a dimmer like the dimmer you have yeah, a dimmer instead yeah, of a switch slowly amplifying <laughs> the lights but yeah what are the stakes for this team i mean last season oh was, was kind of the, the worst the worst case scenario and didn't i mean they made the cha- a huge change which is doc rivers to ty Lu. this season mm-hmm. is there is there anything like that that can still happen Kawhi leonard's free agency is kind of a big deal you mentioned batum you know what are the kind of the things like if they lose in the first round, if they uh, oh, you know, lose in the second oh round again, God. you know what I mean? Like what could happen to this team? It's not, it's not a question that if the Clippers do not make it out of the second round, that the, I think it's totally fair to hit the panic button and the, what the hell are we doing here button? Um, first round, I'm not even going to pretend. I'm not, I don't want to think about that possibility. I'm not saying that it's like completely foregone. No, I, would like to. I don't mean it. No, that's fair. <laughs> I, I don't like mean to it think like about that, it. But like from a mental perspective, it'd be a nightmare. Um, <laughs> like it would, if we don't, if we don't make the Western conference finals, I, I, it might be a failure. The season might be a failure. We brought in 
Kawhi Leonard after, you know, in the offseason said he wanted high IQ guys. We brought in, theoretically, the highest IQ guy you could bring in, which is Rajon Rondo. We brought in his good friend, Serge Ibaka. We brought in everyone's apparent good friend, DeMarcus Cousins, to this team. (laughs) Like, we're putting pieces together, basically exactly what Kawhi wanted. And I don't know how much it really affects Kawhi's long-term signing. I can't. And this isn't from like a, you know, a Clippers homer perspective, because obviously I am, but where's he going to go? Right. Like there's not a lot of interesting place. I mean, people say the heat. Um, I don't, <laughs> they got cap I, don't space. Like this, I don't like this sly look. Um, <laughs> they got, Matt's got cap space. That is very true. There's just some chance. There's a chance for redemption. Right. Um, I think, man, I do not want to see what Steve Ballmer looks like if this team does not make the Western <laughs> Conference Finals because that man will be furious. Man. We got a new stadium coming in a couple of years. Like, yeah, there's a whole hell of a lot. Um, a lot of Clippers fans' pride is going to be on the line, but if you're worried about that as a Clippers fan, you haven't been a Clippers fan very long. Yeah, the, uh, um, the Clippers subreddit might have to the lock again, basically. That, oof, they got again. some... <laughs> they got some weird stuff going on on that subreddit. Um, <laughs> and also, if you look at our lineup, we're in a bind roster construction-wise yeah. after this season. We got Luke Kennard locked up, which Lord let's hope his contract. It kicks in next season. Right now, he's only getting paid $4 million, so it's not too bad. But let's hope he plays well. Marcus Morris is locked up for three more years after this. Um, we have Rondo for another year after this. We have Patrick Beverly for a lot of money. We have Serge. Or we don't have Serge. Excuse me. We have Zoo. Like, we have kind of like... We have PG, like, this is who you're getting for the next three years, unless we probably move Pat Bev, but that's a different discussion for a different day. So there's a lot, Um, and I think a lot of it's going to rest on, I mean, you know, Clippers are going to go as far as Paul George and Kawhi take them. Last thing for you quickly, what are some of the national narratives you've heard about the Clippers, and it's basically (laughs) just the Clippers curse and (laughs) some some things like that, but is there any national narratives you've heard that you think are wrong or misunderstood or that you hear like, (laughs) what are people talking about? That's not true. So this is one that is, I'm going to get heat for this one. Uh, the the prevalent, you know, Clippers take is that Paul George is not good in the playoffs. Playoff and P. Playoff P. And I will say this, Paul George does not do himself any favors. The, drive, the driver's seat quote, he's not the best at conveying, um, you know, how he should feel about after certain games. But look, he said some dumb stuff. We can't we can't pretend that's not a thing. But he and Kawhi had closeout games wasted last season. And games five and six last year against the Nuggets. Paul George had 26, six and six in game five. And then 33, six, three and five steals in game six. And so there's these things where it's like he was horrible in game seven. I'm not going to pretend like that. <laughs> but it's not as bad as you think. And I think this year he did have that very cheesy quote, again, going back to how maybe he didn't say the best things about his revenge tour. I think we have guys who believe in our coach and what he can do. I think Paul George is going to prove some people wrong. And I really hope that uh, there's kind of an idea that the Clippers rely too much on the three, but that's just not really true. They take like the average amount of three-point attempts per game. They just hit them at a historic rate. So when that, you know, when jump shooting teams, when that's not falling, it looks way uglier than I think it actually is. Um, but yeah, that's my big one. Don't don't sleep on Paul George this year. And I really hope I don't get freezing cold. Retweet it on that. <laughs> We're gonna tweet that clip exactly. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> there you go. Uh positive Chuck Mockler, as always, being positive, even though you brought up the Clippers curse. Go listen to Lock On Clippers all throughout the playoffs. Hang out with those guys. Great stuff. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, thank you. You know, tunnel vision, focus on on, on what we need to do. Um Always have your teammates back. Don't back down, but 
but don't do anything that gives them any, you know, advantage. All right. Thank you. That was a good answer. It was a good answer. Thank you. <laughs>